Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to take a brief detour from the live-action Batman movies of the 90s into the strange side alley that was Batman, colon, the animated series, colon, The Mask of the Phantasm, full stop, I think. I'm Natalie Bohensky, the co-host of Raven Bat, the Raven on Batman subsection retrospective analysis recap podcast. And with me as always to discuss all things pop culture is a man whose jaw is so square (laughs) you could carve diamonds on those cheek, but I don't even know. It's Stuart Lace. (laughs) Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Ah uh, yes, this this movie, Natalie. Now I, I'm I'm detecting a hint of you may not have totally been on board with this one. I'm not sure. Uh, no, where, I'm where sorry. To, with that? I'm sorry to give that impression. I really liked this. Oh great, okay, cool. This is awesome. the first time I've seen this movie. I just couldn't get over how freaking square jawed the Bruce Wayne Batman. He, he is a a traditionally square jawed uh, hero. But to the level of like straight lines, Stu, the way he's oh, yeah, animated, yeah, yeah. there's no curve. In his face at all, no. in his whole head at all. I don't understand how, because other characters have big jaws in, in the animated movie that we're watching here, but yes, they've got yeah, like yeah. dimples, they've kind of got a bit of a curve to it, whereas Bruce Bruce Wayne is, that's like anatomically impossible. No yes. human being, as, as Anthony Gaudi once said, there are no straight lines in nature and, and, <laughs> and, and Batman is all straight lines in this film. <laughs> as he should be. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to give the impression. I was just trying to come up with a comedy intro for you. Oh, yes, um, yeah. There was nothing really so kind of egregious about this film that I could start by sort of insulting you briefly with it, like the last one, which is, <laughs> you know, Batman Returns was all just There was surprisingly jokes. no uh, no pussy jokes in this no, uh, there movie really for weren't. children. There really yeah. weren't. This was quite a nifty little film, and I'm really glad you recommended it, so I'm keen yeah, to discuss well, I mean- it. With you, this is what I, I would. I really want to talk about this because it's it's kind of weird that the cartoon Batman movie is the most grown up, mature story that we've had so far. Basically, well, I mean, in the sense that there's sort of a cohesive story. <laughs> yes, <mostly>. exactly. <laughs> there are a few bits I didn't quite get, which I'm sure you can fill me in on. But it it sort of made a lot of sense. It was told in a lot of flashbacks. Um, yes, which I think. Works. I had forgotten there were so many flashbacks. There's so many flashbacks. Yeah. And but the thing is I forgave it because I think in a live action film that would have got grating. But in yes. this animated film, the way that they transitioned was very clever. They often did a transition when, you know, Batman was looking through binoculars or they had sort of yeah. really lovely ways of going back in time and then coming back forward. And something about the animated nature of it didn't make me go oh god another flashback whereas of course the most famous egregious example of flashbacks was when i went to see highlander 4 um, <laughs> is that endgame I, or the quickening or which one is that no, uh, which I, one are you Stu, i don't it was not my choice i know that right. i'm look i know that i haven't seen the shawshank redemption and yet somehow i've seen highlander 4 i think i've seen highlander 1 yes i have seen subsequently seen have, highlander yes. i've not seen the other two Right. Or what it, anyway, I saw a very bad sequel to a sequel to a sequel kind of thing. And famously, I was watching it. And this it was when it came out in the cinemas and I went with friends. And I was watching it and they flash back from the present day to like the 1700s. And then sure. in that flashback, they flash back to the 1500s. Flashback in a flashback. There was a flashback in a flashback. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I was like, that's just really terrible writing. Whereas this one, <laughs> this Batman Phantasm, it kind of worked. The, the reverse storytelling 
suited mm. the story they were telling. Yeah, it just sort of worked for me. But I guess what we should do is maybe start by, I'll try to recap the plot from what I understand it to be. Right. And maybe you can do a, a bit of a deep dive into how this film came about. Absolutely. And then we'll get into our minute challenge. So from my perspective, Batman is Batman. He sure is. He's a bit broody. But there's a new phantasm. Masked in, vigilante in mask, town. Sorry, yes. There's a new masked vigilante in town who is, he's never really given a name, but it, we assume it's the phantasm. <laughs> and uh, the phantasm. Please, the phantasm is my father. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so the phantasm is killing off mob bosses for reasons. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. Batman is trying to track down this new phantasm. Meanwhile, the cops, I think, are saying that it's Batman because, you know, how many mass vigilantes can there be in this town? And ultimately, it turns out to be, gasp, a woman. <laughs> a woman? A woman. Uh, who somehow, despite being much shorter and much thinner and certainly not having the body of a brick shithouse, <laughs> has managed to transform herself into the phantasm to knock off all these mobsters because they killed her dad, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, of course, the main reason why we're interested in this woman is that she was Batman's long-lost love, mm. Andrea, a sassy dame who was robbed of a life with Bruce at the last minute and uh, has become a phantasm to exact re revenge. Spoiler warning. I've just given all the spoilers. So you're going <laughs> yes, that's to, it. That, that's all of them. That's all of them. You're going to have to go back through time now and uh, delete your memory, Soz. So, yes, yeah, so that is, have I got it kind of right? Uh, that, that's basically oh, it. Yeah, I, also, I can't... the Joker is there. Sorry. Also, I... the Joker is there. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good um, description of how the Joker functions in this uh, in this movie, yes. Yeah, I, I had assumed he was in it because it said Mark Hamill and it's the one thing that I know about Batman cartoon version is that oh, Mark yes. Hamill is the Joker. So I was like, yeah, and then I'd sort of forgotten and then he turned up and I went, oh, that's right. Wait, why are you here? What's going on? <laughs> I guess it's Batman. The Joker has to turn up, but what? what? So, yeah, now, Stu, you can explain to me what this film was, how it fits in, because as I understand it from my very limited reading about it, it was part of a series or it was an offshoot to an animated series. I don't oh, quite yes. know the Oh, yes, yeah, story, yeah. So, so. so this is well within the continuity of Batman the Animated Series, which started in 1992, so the previous year, and was, for many people growing up, including myself, the version of Batman that eclipses all others. Like, it is just perfect. It's perfect in so many ways. Like, like it just completely... And it's set out to be a distillation of the character in a, in a way that the movies kind of never did in in weirdly like the the Batman sixty six was very much like just whatever was happening in the comics and they were just making a campy tongue in cheek like show the Tim Burton movies were how do we make this work for you know a big the big screen and for a general audience but the Batman the animated series was designed to be a distillation of everything awesome about the character like chip away all the extraneous stuff like get down to the complete core of who is batman what does he do using a lot of the aesthetics of the tim burton version to start with but then rapidly becoming its own thing and it's just it's it rules it's it's great like to this day it holds up like if you go back and watch most episodes of the animated series hold up and you then get this movie which i think you know in many ways is maybe the best batman movie we've watched so far like it's you know I, yeah, I don't know I'm, I don't want to tip my hand we can we can discuss that later on but like it's pretty spoilers. good spoilers it's like coherent and not a million years long 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, it's 76 minutes long because it's yeah. made for children. It's made so that kids can watch it. And this is the thing. So it was it was always going to be a movie, but it was meant to be like a direct-to-video movie that would be included in like, you know, home video releases of the, the animated series. Oh, like you would get VHS. like Mask of the Phantasm plus like a second VHS with like yeah like select episodes from the from the oh, show VHS um, double sets too do you remember yeah them? exactly they were great they were fantastic oh, um, big, in fact like box. a lot of the animated yeah they yeah, the clamshell box yeah. um oh, you'd have to so like good. get it in you had to sit it in the right way so they'd like clamp together sometimes uh, if it was like a deluxe version the uh, plastic of the VHS cassette itself would be a different color rather than black it would be like oh, you know like green or black or yeah. like blue or something or yeah and they always yeah. had the tabs taken out so you could not tape over that yeah, baby yeah you couldn't tape over them mm. fantastic good times uh, so so much media that we had to store <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. shelves of chunky VHSs. I love going to op shops or garage sales where people will still have out like big baskets of VHS mm, movies yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, who's <laughs> buying them? I'm sure there are people still buying them, but who? I feel like I feel like there has been like a bit of a revival of VHSs in the last few years in a, a similar but lesser way to vinyl. Like vinyl obviously has had a massive resurgence. Now it's sort of but isn't vinyl about sound quality? Like, well, exactly, yeah, that. yeah. But I, but I think like it's almost like purely nostalgia at this oh. point. Like, people are just chasing that feeling of watching like a grainy VHS tape. No, my with, favorite like, tracking feeling, errors and my favorite feeling was putting the tape into the tape machine and the way it would swallow it and oh, it yeah. would sink down, and you just got that like sound and it would just like and and then you were like, oh, it's happening. There was something so delightfully mechanical yeah. about the whole thing. And when you'd press eject and it would go and shoot it out at you. Shoot it out, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come flying out. Just these are the kind of haptic memories that, that the kids do. Kids today, they don't understand. They just they don't flicking, understand. They're like... flicking on a TV remote control and hitting, you know, Netflix or whatever. They don't get the the, the joy of cracking open that that VHS tape when they were really hard and you'd kind of cut yourself on the hard plastic and ah, injuries. So good. That was, that was my childhood. <laughs> Avoidable injuries. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, all, we all know your personal brand. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that was the format that it was going to come out in. It was going to be a VHS release and they decided almost at the last minute that this would be a theatrical release. They wanted to release it in theaters because obviously the animated series was commissioned off the back of the first Tim Burton movie. Oh, it took really? a couple of years to sort of get get rolling and then it was released concurrently with Batman Returns. So Batman Returns was in theaters. On TV, you had Batman the Animated Series. So that was, it was sort of concurrent. And so it shared a lot. If you look at the the, the style of the animation that they use, it's designed to sort of emulate the, the Tim Burton movie. So Gotham City is this large, looming, dark, art deco nightmare. But they kind of lent into also, uh, I don't know whether you're aware of this, Natalie, but like the the old uh, Flesher cartoon, the old Flesher Superman cartoons, that, that sort of style. So you talk about Batman being a very, you know, upright, like lantern-jawed guy. That style is meant to harken back to those old yeah. flesh superman what, cartoons yeah what i'm telling you this is an age where there was only ever arm day nobody did leg day <laughs> yeah that's it yeah everyone's everyone's uh yeah everyone's been These doing dudes, bench presses and, and yeah, bicep curls no one's doing legs no one's doing their leg presses and it's important because at one point batman like walks across a room 
and like kicks something and you see his boot and he's wearing these very slim line boots. And I'm like, yeah. he's got skinny legs. He's got skinny little legs. I mean, proportionately that, yeah. to that giant broad chest. Yeah. At least they didn't kind of create him with like washboard abs and stuff because that would have been weird. No, that's it. He he is drawn as like a big slab of beef. That's that's mm. that's his thing. Yeah. I do like that. It's um but the show itself was designed to sort of be a continuation of that sort of aesthetic at the very least, but it, it was allowed to be very much its own thing. And it it completely ignored the movies in in almost every respect except for a couple of character designs that they then retconned. I think that the pe- penguin and catwoman look a little bit like they do in in returns but then they rapidly like redesign them to sort of look more like their comics versions. Right. Um, it's a really, really good distillation of everything that's awesome about Batman. And so this movie comes out in 1993 and they had basically done a season of the show and they were like, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll toss off an animated movie, like do, do a movie length story, you know, like 76, you know, 76 minutes mm. when the episode lengths were like, 20 minutes or something like they were you know kids cartoons so they just said oh yeah do this and then at the almost exactly at the last minute they said actually we want to release this in theaters and they gave them eight months to animate a feature film right so they just threw everything at it they they came at it and said okay let's make this as good as we possibly can they got a bit of extra money to do some specific shots so there's stuff at the start that is pretty obviously computer animated rather than cell animation okay um so a lot of the, a lot of the shots of like sweeping through Gotham City and that sort of thing a lot of that is like early computer animation and as well as that the the final sort of confrontation in the the world's fair a lot of that is sort of computer generated as well but otherwise it's it's just brute force hand animation and also um a famous fact about this this show and also this movie i'm pretty sure certainly the show itself to capture the true spirit of batman they actually drew the animation cells on black paper if that (laughs) that makes sense whereas like you know instead of using white paper which is what everyone else does and like you know coloring in from that they did all the backgrounds on black paper and filled in the details. Oh, they must have had a lot of coloured pens. Is that what you're saying? Well, exa- well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, to, to get that dark atmosphere. Ah, oh, I see. They drew it on black paper. Black Even the paper's power. black. Oh, yes. That's poetic, isn't it? Yes. Drama. Yeah. So so basically, this this was going to be a a tossed off director video, you know, addendum to the series that was already coming out on TV, and instead it turned into one of the feature films featuring Batman. How um, did and I'm it glad do? it did. How did it do at the cinema? Oh. So um, it didn't do great at the box office, but that was blamed on the fact that they kind of threw it out there without really promoting it too much. Like they just sort of said, and also there's an animated Batman film. And remember, this is like a year after. So Batman Returns comes out in uh, mid-1992. And then this comes out sort of in mid-1993 to very little fanfare. Like like, there wasn't a lot of advertising. Was it released in Australia? Well, this is the thing. It was released in theatres in the US. I don't know that it ever came to Australia in theatres. Because I have um, it, no, it might have done. I have no recollection of this. I, I subsequently found out about it many years later, but as a kid, yeah. I have no recollection of this being. I, I never watched the animated series. I'm sure it was on, but I wasn't really into animated superheroes, mm. apart from obviously, you know, clearly the best superhero of all time, Tintin. Uh, <laughs> sure. And I, I think one of the reasons I enjoyed this was the animation style was quite similar to Tintin. The, the animated, yeah, in many ways, yeah, very, very stylized, and yeah. 
just similar in that sense that it was just the way the faces were done and things like that and mm. nobody ever has hair that has lines or movement it's just a big or men yeah, big sort of do block, yeah. big blocks you know women's hair in particular just kind of big blocks anyway i, I don't know this I, I that i'm sure it's very different but to me it was enough it was similar enough to give me kind of like oh it's like i'm watching an episode of tintin again which you know brings me a lot of joy yeah absolutely it's awesome tintin is great i will brook no disagreement <laughs> Tintin is great. Rastapopolis. Sorry. I just really like Tintin stew. Is that a crime? It's not a crime. You're reacting defensively. <laughs> I, I'm I'm right there with you, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> well that was that was the comic book that I read. It was the only comic book that I read. Yes. Hey, look. I mean, look. So, to be honest, like, like that's that's way more than I did. I would I would watch the Tintin cartoon that was on when when we were kids, but I I never actually I didn't read the comics until much later. Ah. Um, so you're you're way ahead of me on that one. They're very sweet. Well, that's what made me want to be a journalist. Yeah. My grandmother gave me a copy of the Black Island, and I went, "Oh, you get to run around having adventures with a small white dog." I'm a journalist. <laughs> then, thanks. Still that classic journalism story. No, I, what I'm saying is that Tintin's style of journalism appealed to me. Adventures, sure. dog, occasionally getting chloroformed by some gangsters, <laughs> being framed up for trafficking some drugs. That is what I want. A lot, lot of lot of, uh, lot of work with smugglers for some reason. Oh, smuggler, smuggler so action. many smugglers. Oh, if only there weren't. All the smugglers these days are all people smugglers, aren't they? It's, it's all just a bit... <laughs> No, but you know what I mean? Like, it's horrible and you can't really make jokes about it and you can't really say, I want to go be a smuggler. But back in the day with Enid Blyton and Tintin, you could just be a smuggler of like coffee or tea. As long as you were pulling into a small cove off the west coast of England, you could just be a smuggler. And it was an honest living. It was a noble profession. It was, it was a good British way to make a living. That's right. Even though Tintin was... You know, Belgian, whatever. Belgian, yeah. But you know, European. I'm sure it happened all over over the world too. But just honest, good old fashioned goods and services smuggling. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, some good honest crime. Yeah, some good honest crime. And there was always a tunnel, you know, a smuggler's cove with a tunnel and some <laughs> treasure. That's what I wanted to do: was either be a smuggler or be a journalist who busted the smugglers. Or be a you know band of plucky kids who made friend with someone who you thought maybe was a dodgy character, but oh, turned out he was an undercover cop who was there to investigate the smugglers, and you helped him save the day. <laughs> oh, my life has turned out very differently to how I envisaged it. Less smugglers for a start. So many fewer. I should make a show about smuggling, and or maybe an interactive experience where you get to be a kid busting up a gang of smugglers. Because they never smuggled anything really illegal. Occasionally, they, they were always drugs, they, but... they, they were they were very non-specific about what exactly it was they were smuggling. There was this always is just what like, I mean. like barrels or sacks that they were. That's right. Bringing <laughs> along. It was just knocked off non-taxed French wine, basically. That's what it was. It was just getting <laughs> just, around tax it was, duties. It, it was like a, an overblown version of like bringing back more than your allocated like alcohol yeah, allowance from Bali. That's, that's exactly right. You know, that's all it was. That's it all was, was going on. Innocent time. <laughs> these, these these bullshit little kids or like yeah. you know little little uh, you know no, nosy kids. bugger from Belgium would just yeah. It's like come on, man. We had a good thing going here. They'd Leave stumble us alone. across it. They'd stumble We're not across anyone. it. Oh. And as I say now, you know, it's just all depressing. It's like, oh, look, here are some more women being trafficked into sexual slavery. Great. That makes me want to be a smuggler, not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a terrible person. You understand I'm joking, surely. I I, I do, yes. 
I'm, I'm making a, you know, a hyperbolic point for comedic effect. Yes, exactly. You know, the world's just a bit more depressing. That's that's my point here. That's my. That's point. it. The, the reality is the world have come crashing in in the yeah. years since. It's 9-11. It changed everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, 20 years since 9-11 this past week gone as we record. Nope. Nope. <laughs> We're not doing nope. that, are we? Oh, sorry. Are, are we having... doing that? No. No. Oh, I barely remember it, Stu. Uh, I was barely out of diapers. Barely. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I had a drinking problem, see, so I'm <laughs> I barely remember it. I barely remember it at all. I'm not even conscious for a lot of the whole thing. It's so weird because I've been watching this doco on Netflix called Turning Point because I'm one of these sick, weird people who's like, I just can't, you know, it's such a thing burned into my brain that, you know, a lot of people with September 11, like I just don't like to watch any of the footage, you know, just not, you know, just, it, it happened and I just want to respect people and I'm like, I just want to watch every angle, every weird, you know, all the people who are capturing stuff from all different angles. Like how did it look from this angle? How did Because I'm... I'm, sure. I mean, like hist- historically, it's, it's historic, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and it was kind of a baptism of fire for me as a young journo in training because I actually went into the radio station where I was working as an intern. They called me in to go in and help. So I actually sat and wrote stories and cut grabs and, you know, put stuff to air that it has a sort of con- connotation for me of being the, the journalist that I wanted to be when I read Tintin, you know, bringing it back to you, bringing the circle, bringing the story back into the podcast so we can, you know, bring the story back it. and making it uneditable. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, so this doco has just got lots of different angles and stories and whatnot. And everything looks so 2000, the computers on the desk. Yeah, you, you don't, you don't, you didn't realize and, at the time that you were living in history, if that makes sense. Like, yes. Like, things that seem perfectly normal at the time, you look back, just, you're like, oh yeah, that's from history now. Well, we had the internet. Mm. So I was on the internet. That's what I was doing. I was sitting on the internet and looking at different news sources, feeding through stuff and finding stuff that, you know, AAP wires weren't grabbing. And, you know, that's, that's what I was doing. And because I was younger and sort of, I guess, knew the net a bit better than maybe some of the other journos, I was just like, yep, I'm all good. But there was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. There was social media didn't exist. It was just the internet. So I was just going to news sites, but now it would be Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds and hashtags and yeah, it's it seems so quaint if that's mm-hmm. the yes. right word. To yeah, use. yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and yet so much was captured. If that makes sense, people didn't have smartphones with cameras on them, and yet so many people took footage from that day. So people were either carrying cameras or they were carrying video cameras because that's what we used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you had and a you separate for, yeah you camera. had a separate thing, but you still took it with you. So people had little video cameras on them and they were rolling and that's just a sidebar for me to say how bizarre like it does not feel like 20 years ago but also it feels like it could have been way longer because the technology has changed so much in 20 years if that mm. makes sense oh yeah absolutely yeah I, th- I think it's changed more than we think because we you yeah. know 2001 it was the internet existed like like all of that stuff was out there and yet google wasn't yet a totally no. uh, entrenched you know like and, and yeah. stuff like that it was weird yeah, I must have been putting nine eleven or, or World Trade Center into Ask Jeeves or something. I mean, you you you're probably using Google, but maybe you weren't. Maybe you were using Ask Jeeves or, or Yahoo. I, I mean, you you were probably putting it into Yahoo. I was probably putting it into Yahoo, you know, because um, I did have a Yahoo yeah, address, which was like the dominant internet company at that time. It was very much was. It was that, and you had a GeoCities. Yeah, uh, America Online. Yeah, I didn't have that, but people had that ICQ thing. Which I never had. <laughs> Yeah, that was around in the nineties, though. That was that was mm. that was old school. That's real old school. Yeah, I had uh, Yahoo Messenger. Yes, yes, yeah. that was that was a thing. 
Uh, so, yes, yeah, September 11, a very solemn occasion. <laughs> I have ADHD. Is that what oh, this is? Boy. Or am I just really tired? I don't know. I mean, sure. Both of those things could be true. <laughs> so, back to Batman. Yes. Um, this is now a almost 30-year-old film, and I think it stands up pretty well. So, maybe with that in mind, we should go to our minute challenge. Yes, absolutely. And I think it might be your turn to go first. Okay, I can go first. Um, Please do. So, let's have a look. So, we are, so in my... Minute challenge. I wrote the best Batman. That was ah. that was my my first thing. Both this movie and also Batman. Kevin Conroy, uh, who voices Batman. We talked a little bit about this last week, but if you haven't listened to that episode, first of all, go do that because it's great. It, um, it's a also, good. That was a cracker that episode. Yeah, oh, it was good. It was fun. It was a good one. You should listen. Um, but Kevin Conroy, I, I mentioned it last week, is the the voice I hear when I read Batman comics. Like he it's is a good voice. It is. He's good. It, it, it He's is really good. It is. So so deep, Stu. Yeah. And yeah. as a, you know, you're a chocolate voice mountain god, as we know, but he is deep. He's, He's like... got that deep voice, but he modulates it. This is the thing. So he has a Batman voice and a Bruce Wayne voice, mm. you know, like, like mm. he has a voice when he's being scary Batman and he has a voice when he's putting on Bruce Wayne. And then he has like his just regular Bruce Wayne voice. It's very subtle. It's not showy, but it's different and it's deliberate. It's a very good vocal performance. Well, it, it, it really makes you feel like that big bulky chest that Batman and Bruce Wayne have yeah. is, is doing what it should do and like sounding that, you know, that sonorous kind of, it's, it, you know, it's chesty. It's all yeah. bouncing around his ribs and coming out very deep. I'm Batman. I can't even do it. I can't even get close to how Joker. deep he is. But yes. And, and he also, like what, what I what I really like about his voice is that he 15 years before the fact puts the lie to the Christian Bale idea that you have to basically growl if you want to be Batman. <laughs> like yeah, like this idea that you have, you have to do this insane like growl voice mm. or that you would have to like disguise your voice or something. Like you would have to try and like disguise it. And it's like, no, you just talk normally. <laughs> like you just talk normally. You've got a Batman voice. Come on. It just makes me wonder like what if you used your normal voice for Batman but you changed your voice to be Bruce Wayne? <laughs> so you're just like, hello, I'm Bruce Wayne. la di da di da What's that, Roger? Oh, spiffing suit. Oh, what not? And then you just turn around and you're like, hello, I'm Batman. This is I'm my Batman. Voice. No, but you don't even have to do the low voice then. You just can speak at a normal volume. <laughs> I am Batman. And it's like, mm, well, what am I doing here? Going off. I'm just trying to do like an obnoxious voice. <laughs> like Bruce Wayne. Oh, God, not Bruce Wayne. His voice is so grating. Oh, oh this guy. it's me, Bruce Wayne. Hello. Hello, that's what I'm doing. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne for... <laughs> Bruce Wayne for Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> so I Wayne Enterprises, that's... we've got a big sale on, on grappling hooks. <laughs> oh, Stu, so many grappling hooks in this animated. I, was... I thought you'd like that. The grappling I hook was... count is through the roof. This version of Batman uses grappling hooks all the time. It's how he gets around. It's how he gets around. Yeah, it's exactly. It's how he gets around. Skyscraper to skyscraper. He even grappling hooks a helicopter at one point. Yeah, that's it. And flies off it. I was very appreciative of the grappling hooks. As I said, I think last week we didn't have a lot of grappling hooks in Batman Returns, and I was very gracious, grateful to see so many grappling hooks. In fact, I, if, if we had our time again, we just, just could have called this podcast series 
Grappling hook. Grappling hook, yes. Yeah. That would have been good. But yeah, so um, Kevin Conroy, I love him. He's great. He's a very good Batman. He's the voice I hear in my head uh, whenever I read Batman comics. It's wonderful. The next item on my list was on a similar theme, Mark Hamill's Joker. So this is mostly an excuse just to talk about more broadly the characters that they created uh, rather than this film specifically. But uh, sure. you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll go with it. It's weird in in this film. You're right. The Joker is kind of a plot device because Mm. he's not like the big bad, although he kind of is. He gets to Mm. have the big showdown because they need to have a villain for Batman to fight at the end of the the movie once we find out who the Phantasm really is. So he kind of serves that purpose. I'd kind of forgotten this element of it, but I've forgotten that Joker in this movie is tied directly to Batman's origin again. I didn't realize that they'd kind of done that. Like he's not the guy who kills Batman's parents, but he is the guy who kills Andrea's dad. Like he's kind of, yeah, Yeah. he's sort of- He's the chauffeur who's driving around, the gangster who is responsible for killing- yeah, and, and even that. even that amount of connection to Batman kind of makes me uncomfortable, although it makes a lot more sense that he'd just sort of be a random underworld guy who eventually gets dropped in a vat of acid and loses his mind. Yeah, but um, I mean, Bruce Wayne, they call him the world's greatest detective at one point, and then he literally looks at the photo and goes, wait, that nose looks familiar. <laughs> I know, I know that guy. Draws a smile on it and is like, ah, oh, it's definitely him. And I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to stand up in court. <laughs> you know, it'd have to be quite a nose. And then you're getting into racial profiling issues. Exactly. Yeah, there's a whole, like, there's a whole deal. Cool. That's not cool, Bruce. What do they call that um, where you measure someone's head? Phrenology. Phrenology, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's a very uh, Gotham way of uh, dealing with the, yeah. the crime element. It, feel, it feels like Batman would be into phrenology. <laughs> in, in a way like it feels like you know he, he's he's a master scientist but i feel like he'd be like ah he has a criminal's head <laughs> and he makes his own cowl into the dimensions of like a perfect human yes yeah exactly nobody, yeah. Could it, nobody i mean that's the one thing about this film is i, I did i did they, they did sort of hint that he's a bit crazy like yes he's a yeah, mass yeah. vigilante and that's a bit crazy i kind of love that i kind of love that, that they didn't shy away from the fact that it is weird to be batman it's weird mm. like and they they and they, even, they lean in yeah, he even at one point says in the flashback, I think, I'll, I'll give more money to the city. They can hire more cops. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, do that, Bruce. Like, yeah, you should probably do that. That, that sounds like a good I mean, idea. As, as fit and as fierce and as kung fu as you are, like 100 cops are probably going to be able to, you know, do some shit that you can't as one guy. Mm. It's just a numbers game at this point, Bruce. That's I mean, it. I know exactly. I know you're worth 10 of them or more. I know, I know you are. You're a very special <laughs> man, Bruce, of course. Clearly, only you can do it, Bruce. Nobody else has issues on how to resolve crime and policing. <laughs> Obviously, it's got to be the rich son of dead parents. He's the only guy who knows how to make policy around this place. Absolutely. And it's a face-punching policy. Sorry, sometimes I the get be- The nice. best kind of policy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just watching the uh, Met Gala with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Tax the Rich Dress. Oh, and yes. I was just thinking, yeah. yeah, maybe tax the Wayne family. Yeah, tax the, tax the yeah. Narrow it down, tax the Waynes. <laughs> tax the Waynes. They talk about him being a billionaire, like a boy billionaire. Tax the Waynes. Pay your taxes, Bruce. <laughs> and you don't have to be a vigilante. Let's face it, Bruce, you're doing this because you want to. You're not doing it because you think you have to. You're doing it because you want to be the masked guy. Okay? Well, I mean, I kind of I kind of like that this movie kind of goes there. It kind of does sort of put lay that out. It's like, you know, you didn't have to do this. This wasn't something that you needed. You know, it was something that you needed to do deep inside yourself. But that doesn't mean that, like, that's something that Gotham needed. 
Yeah. You know, like, like, and the other movies have not jumped on that grenade in the same way. Like, this is a movie that is directly meant to be watched by 10 year olds who's like, hey, Batman's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, maybe therapy would have been a good place to start. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> you know, but it does, it does manage to walk that line. It does manage to sort of, um, uh, I love hit that fact- balance of. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if I'm talking over your your points already in your minute challenge, but the fact that he has this argument with himself at his parents' grave, yeah. where his parents clearly don't give a shit or know or care if he become a mass vigilante to avenge their deaths. Like, well, yes, I mean they're they're, they're, dead. they're dead. I mean, yeah, he's. Yeah. And I don't. Would they have wanted that? But he's convinced himself that they would. And then he has to yes. like argue and lay out the case that you know, look, things have changed, and I'm a bit happy now, and maybe I can just pay for some more cops. Like, wouldn't that be cool? But he has to have this argument with his dead parents, i.e. himself. Yeah. I mean, a psychologist is just standing there going, wow, just ticking this, ticking that. Ticking well, and it manages, like, like, it really does, it tackles that issue head on mm. and it doesn't shy away from it. Like, it, it really mm. examines the implications of it. It's like it looks at young Bruce Wayne at a crossroads. He yeah. has trained himself up for years to be like a master, you know, hand-to-hand fighter and tactician and everything else and everything else that Batman is. And he's ready to be Batman. He doesn't know that he's going to be Batman specifically, but he's mm. ready to do something like he, that. He, yeah, he's got a plan. Yeah, and he's at the threshold and he needs to take that final step. And then along comes Andrea to sort of... The love you know, of a good woman, Stu. Love of a good woman. That's it. Love exactly. Of a good you know, woman. she wasn't part of the plan, but 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 he has to make that decision. He has to decide whether the mission is more important than his personal happiness. What I love is that he decides that no, it's not, and he's ready to give it up. And he would, yeah, not be Batman if she hadn't gone away. But also, it shows that he is redeemable. I I think the whole thing about him being ready to give that up is that whole thing of like, oh, I haven't lost my whole, and, and Alfred talks about this in the film too, is like you've never fall, fallen into the pit. You you go yes. near it, but you haven't yeah. fallen in. And there's something about making that switch between your two personalities and and having seeing some light still in the world rather than going and being Batman full time essentially and kind of yeah. just wearing Bruce Wayne as a suit, you know, um, and really you're Batman all along. Yeah, exactly. I think that's true. And it's it's something that this film not only does very well, but also can do because it's taking Batman seriously and not turning him into a insane murderer like the last two films have. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't actually kill in this film. No, it's a big it's a plot point. And it's like it's a point of difference between a vigilante who does kill, um, mm. as compared to the last two movies who fundamentally kind of don't understand what Batman's deal is and just think, oh, he dresses as a bat and he like fights dudes, right? It's an action movie. Let's do it. Yeah, because it's cool. Because it's cool. Um, like it, there's a, a code there. There's there's a, a reason like a Batman who kills people is terrifying and should absolutely be hunted down and stopped. There's a morality there that that makes the character function, you know, and, and gives rise to very interesting meaty stories. Mm. Um, but I was talking about Mark Hamill's Joker. Uh, oh God! Who sorry. Is fam- oh no, God. no, 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 no! It's fantastic. That was an incredible sidebar. I love talking about <laughs> it. But Mark Hamill's Joker, incredible, arguably one of the best versions of the Joker that there has been. I think. I mean, what what did you make of him in I... this movie? Have Have you seen a lot of his Joker? No, I think for the most part, I've heard him 
it doesn't it doesn't he like read Donald Trump tweets as the Joker or something? Yes, he was yeah, he was he was reading while. Donald Trump tweets as the Joker. Yeah, um, or very he does, you know, other things that he reads as the Joker. He's he's very I remember being very confused when someone told me that like Luke Skywalker is uh it was probably Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. And I was yes. like, wait, weedy Luke Skywalker is the Joker? How does he <laughs> sound like that? So he's an amazing sonic actor, but I think what I loved about the Joker is that he he just really loved being the Joker man. Yeah, that's he right. Was, he was real happy. And I don't yeah. know if it was a tweet of yours or a retweet or something that I saw of yours recently where somebody was saying that the, the problem with the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie is that mm. it was like, oh, no, he was a sad man who had to become the Joker, whereas the Joker just loves being the Joker. Yeah, so and that's I, the point of the character is that yeah. he is anarchy incarnate. He, he just is, loves yeah. cause and pain, no just rhyme, no it. reason. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm having a ball of a time. <laughs> I am living my best life. You don't yeah. understand. There were so many little quirks and I don't know whether they wrote them into the character or they they changed the animation based on Mark Hamill's voicing of it, but there were just lovely little quirks where he he had his whole, you know, shtick living in this uh, decaying world fair. Yeah, which is a uh, conceit of purely of this movie. Like, like it's, it's you know, like, like having said that, like the Joker often has some crazy elaborate lair, but yeah. um, like so this he, living in the was, world's fair, is, it's just he's living in the decaying ruins yeah. of the world's fair. And I mean, I think the gap between the flashbacks and the present day was supposed to be about 10 years. Yeah is what it sort of seemed like because Bruce and Andrea went on a date to the World Fair when it was on and then 10 years later the place is in incredible ruins. So clearly there was no post, you know, nowadays all these things have to come with like what are you going to do with the site once it's finished? And they just let it rot. Mm. Uh, 10 years but he was making jokes about that it was basically the Jetsons it was basically the world of the Jetsons and there was a Rosie the robot hammering meat and he was like oh darling meatloaf again like he was making jokes and then he's doing bits I love a a joker who does bits yeah he was doing a whole routine about welcome to my lair like if it was a Disney movie this is where he would have been singing oh yeah 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 yeah, absolutely and and they really encapsulated that well even though she was a robot he was like pinching her cheek and then part of her cheek like this robot's cheek came off in his hand and he looks at it and goes, ah, and then puts it in his pocket. Like, what the fuck? What are you doing? I know. That that is, that is deeply unsettling to me for a reason I cannot put my finger on, but like like, it is. What's he going to do with that later? It's super weird and creepy. I love it. It's a weird bit of robot skin that really shouldn't exist. And (laughs) just looks anyway, it was very, very bizarre, but he just brought like, style and flair to proceedings yes in a very yeah. charismatic way and uh all angles all big strong movements and janky movements as opposed to yes. batman's very batman's very fluid very or, or um, very coming controlled. at you yeah. he, he kind of comes at you like a like a you know linebacker you know i guess with that physique yeah um and then except when he's flying and he kind of you know swoops a bit through the air the joker's all jangly angles and yeah. You know, as you say, anarchy, chaos, any limb could go anywhere at any moment. And sonically amazing. Great job, Mark Hamill, because I'm sure he needed me to tell him that. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. He's he's so good. Um, He's rightly held up as one of the best versions of that character. We're going to see, you know, in Heath Ledger, I think, a version that matches it. It's a different energy, but but it's a simple, well, no, no, it's a, 
similar energy, but but executed differently. But I think Mark Hamill's right up there as like one of the best versions of the Joker. I really, really like him. But again, as as you said, like he's sort of he's sort of a weird third wheel in this movie. They they, they do have that relationship where he's like, but I'm his arch nemesis. You don't understand. You know? Yes, and because he only shows up like halfway through the film, or even a bit later, it's this sort of twist of a oh right okay the Joker. Mm. And it's like, well, good. Cause you know, we love the Joker. He's instantly raises the charisma level by, you know, bang, but it was not fully resolved, I guess. Uh, I suppose it was, he was the chauffeur. Turns out he was responsible yeah, although, although they, 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 for killing yeah. Andrea's father. So she wanted him to die. But what happened to him? Did did we see him in the end? We didn't really see him die, did we? She just kind of magicked him away. No, no, no. I mean, we 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 assume he survived because he came back later. Like, I mean, he's he's definitely not dead, and neither is she. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> it's sort of a it's yeah. a weird. It is a, it is a strangely anticlimactic ending in a way because yes. like it is I... it is beholden to the fact that like all of these characters have to come back next season. So Yes, and also because Batman doesn't kill. Yes, exactly. And and so even though Batman doesn't kill but the others do, you kind of want to preserve that whole hey kids, don't, you know, kill people. Yeah. Uh But it's it's a much, it's much closer to the comics as well because in the comics often Batman would capture villains. Oh, that's right. They all end up to, in Arkham Asylum. They all end up they? in Arkham Asylum, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that Arkham Asylum was created as a narrative device for that exact purpose. Ah. Um, it's like, well, what happens to the Joker when Batman, like, captures him? And nobody ever thinks to put them in uniforms? They all just <laughs> run around in their costumes? No, 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 no. They they do get put in costume in, uh, in like, uniforms, like prison uniforms. Right, okay. Um, but they get out. They get new, they get new purple suits. <laughs> just down at the local uh, purple suit store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's probably there's with... probably a, a a store that like specialises in uh, superhero <laughs> and supervillain uh, attire. As as indeed there that, is. That's a in joke that's world. been made. Yeah, <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like like in the Incredibles, that that's a that's a joke. There's like oh, a, a, a superhero uh, tailor. I kind of like the idea of a superhero going out and just having to go into. I'm sure they would do this in a Marvel movie or something where someone has to go into a costume shop and buy an actual Iron Man outfit. Because <laughs> he can't find his actual um, I don't know. There's a, there's a skit there or a joke there. Well, in um in uh, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, uh, Miles Morales starts out his first the first version of his Spider Man suit is like literally a a, a Halloween Spider Man suit. Maybe yeah. we should do all the Spider Man films because there's a I, whole bunch of those. Aren't there? I'm right there for you for it, Nat. Absolutely. Oh really? Oh no. I I definitely actually, do that. You, you can't you can't be throwing that out there because I, I will say yes. <laughs> And that just well, locks us in. What would you do? You do the Tobey Maguire ones. Were there any before that, or uh, there was there was the nineteen uh, seventy something TV movie, oh, uh, which I watched as a kid and was like super into. I don't know if it would have any. <laughs> it's a bit niche, but um, <laughs> would it be around at all? You could probably find it somewhere. Were there, so there was no Spider Man before the Tobey Maguire ones. Not really. No, no. no. Well, yeah, like, like I said, there, there was a TV show. Um, and there were cartoons, weren't there? And there was cartoons. Yeah. Famously, there was a cartoon. Yeah. That's where the song comes from. Yes. Yeah, so there was the Tobey Maguire's and then the Andrew Garfield's and then the uh, things. But then we could also do uh, – Venom Holmes. would probably roll into that. Oh, I see, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, possibly – oh, no, they never made the, the Sinister Six movie. I'm trying to remember whether they did or not. Sinister Six? Yeah, that, that's that's um, all of Spider-Man's main rogues gallery you know, team up to stop him. You know what would be good – yeah. is to do that uh, Turn Off the Dark, the musical, the famed oh, tragic. yeah, yeah. If you could get a bootleg copy of that, I'm sure it exists, and try to watch that and review that as well. 
Because I heard that what, was Would we do that to ourselves? Like, is that something that we'd want to subject ourselves to? I mean, we're about to watch Batman and Robin, aren't we? For God's sake, That's you. true. You make a good point. Is there a flaw? Is there a flaw <laughs> to what we're doing here? <laughs> but I, I would, I've never seen that, but I've, I've heard stories about how batshit nuts that was, that whole production. There's a great clip of them doing a, a like a big number of all the villains singing on the David Letterman show. It just looks insane. And it looks, it looks completely insane. insane. So nuts. It's, well, like it's in exactly characters the way coming that out the... going, I'm the lizard man. Yeah. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I've got a lizard. And then they're all singing like, we're all the villains. It's, yeah. It's like just, it, 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 it it's kind like of. It's like the Simpsons wrote it as a yes, parody. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It feels like they, they really. It feels and like I've, the, I've seen the this Dr. in Zayas, reviews. Dr. Zayas. Yeah, exactly. I've read this in reviews. It can't seem to make up its mind whether it's a parody or a straight faced like Spider-Man thing. Like they can't yeah. seem to do it. So everything's kind of half jokey, but also not. Mm. But yes, no, it um, sounds amazing. We could definitely do all the Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. <laughs> Wouldn't it be Spider-Man? Sure. Yeah. Spider-Man. But yes, no, Hawkeye, isn't that, we're gonna, that, that hasn't that been Hawkeye is coming out. Actually, the Hawkeye trailer dropped. I, I was going to talk about this later, but we could talk about it now. I haven't um, seen the, it. I haven't seen the trailer yet. Is it good? Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. It looks like it has exactly the tone I expected because it's aping a specific run from the from the sort of early 2010s, which was of the Hawkeye comic specifically, which was really, really good. It was by Matt Fraction and uh, David Ajar, and it was really good. It was a really good comic, like really fun uh, stripped down version of like Hawkeye having adventures the general conceit that this is a guy who like fights with the avengers but is just a regular guy he doesn't have superpowers or anything mm. so he he fights with the avengers and then he comes home and he's all like busted up and has to like take a couple of weeks just to sort of get himself right again and in the meantime has to sort out like local neighborhood disputes <laughs> um which is it's cool it's really it's a really cool concept and i think that's kind of what they're going for with this and and just that fun sort of style and uh yeah Looks cool. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Like in a couple we'll of months, we'll get on I think. it. If we've we'll done all the it. other Marvels, we'll have yes. to be on it. We might we might have to put Raven Bat on hiatus, maybe. But ah, we'll, we'll, we'll do, do all sorts of things. We'll see what too. we'll do. We'll see what we'll do. We can do lots. I, I don't. I probably won't have any jobs ever again. So <laughs> let's just do podcasts. Sure. <laughs> Get on it. Sorry, back to you. Yes. Okay. So, um, I'll I'll blast through a couple of others. Uh, so I, I just had um, I, I this this pun occurred to me, and I thought a, a good alternate title of the movie would be Citizen Wayne. Um, uh, possibly a good one. Yes. See what I've done there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yes. Citizen Kane. Uh, yes. Also, there's a double joke there because Bob Indeed. Kane created Batman. Well, that's true. That is true. Although um, mm. he did create it uh, with uh, Bill Finger, famously, right. um, and actually, Bill Finger probably mostly created Batman. How, you have you heard about Bill this? Finger. Are you aware of this? Are you aware no. of this history? So no, but can Bob, we sing? Bob Kane can we, the... does, does he have a theme song and we can sing Bill Finger? <laughs> yes, He's well, the man, yeah, the we man will who now. Created we Batman. Batman. <laughs> But yeah, Bob Kane and Bill Finger created Batman, but Bob Kane, who was the artist, basically was much more business savvy than Bill Finger, who was the writer, and um, made sure in their contracts that only Bob Kane was credited as having created Batman. Um, Yeah, he was kind of a jerk. Uh, And for decades, for decades and decades, Bob Kane was the only credited um, creator of Batman. And then more recently, like in the last couple of years... Uh, like it's sort of the last 15 years, but like, yeah, it's it's less recent now, but like there's been a big move to sort of reinstall Bill Finger as the guy who kind of came up 
with most of what we know about Batman. Like you look at Bob Kane's original concept sketches for Batman and it looks nothing like what he eventually becomes. Whereas Bill Finger like wrote Batman. So he created the character of Batman, Robin, Ah, the Joker, Penguin, Catwoman. He created these things. I mean, he basically got no credit for it for decades. I think, I think, like he was around, I think he saw, I'm trying to think how old he was when he actually died. He He's not with us anymore, obviously. Yeah, 70, 74 he died. So he didn't see any of the, the big Batman, the big Batman things. The only thing he ever, the only Batman thing that he ever saw was um, the 66 Batman. So I don't know what, what he thought of that. It's a good question, isn't it? Like what what is the bigger contributor to a character like a Batman? Is it the imagery that you know them fall by sight or is it that character stuff that controls, you know, then how the stories get told? And yeah, it's exactly. a really and, interesting and question. Yeah, it, it is because, so, so this is the thing. So I've just, I've got it in front of me. I know, I know he, these are the things he added to Batman. He offered such suggestions as giving the character a cowl instead of a domino mask, a cape instead of wings, adding gloves that originally Batman just had like bare hands. And what? he also had, if what? you look at the original character sketches, I don't know. It doesn't make, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's. That would look freaky. Yeah. The, the, the initial character sketches done by Bob Kane look bizarre that they're really weird and they include a bunch of, it was like very colorful character. And he said, no, no, no. What we need to do is we need to make this more like, you know, the shadow, like we need to make it more like, you know, dark and mysterious. And so Batman was sort of like a... a, Oh, I'm just looking up. I'm just looking up. He's in like a red suit. Yeah, yeah. He's got like... It's like red and yellow sort of Yeah, I'm sorry, dude, but you can't hang on to that rope without gloves on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, You're not going to be able to use grappling hooks without getting finger burns and stuff yeah You're gonna have to so, really... so a lot of the a lot of even the visual stuff of batman is he's blonde Stu. yes yeah yeah bruce wayne is blonde yeah it's really oh, weird sorry it's i really just weird. threw up in my mouth that's not right yeah it's not right at all he... no it's very strange and so like bill finger really he like, looks made more like batman what he was he looks more like what i envisaged kind of robin as which is like a circus performer. yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. Like um, and of course, like act. Bill Finger did create Robin as well. Like he mm. he came up with the idea and and all this sort of thing. And yeah, so like yeah, Bill Finger is the mastermind of of Batman in many ways. And Bob Kane rapidly stopped drawing the strip uh, the strip and had ghost artists do it for him. You know, so he did. He wasn't even doing much of the physical drawing uh, oh, wow. very quickly. Can so he, he was. Yeah. Well, he was. An, he was an incredibly astute businessman. This is the thing. Mm. So he got right in. And yeah, everyone. <laughs> made sure that you know his name was on everything uh, well so. i noticed that he i think he had was he involved in the i think when i saw the tim burton first two films he was like credited as a story advisor or something yeah well i think yeah he so he was still alive he died in 98 so he wow. he was there for most of the um wow most he, li- of the movie. he lived, so yeah he was involved he lived long enough to see batman and robin and then he died <laughs> yes yes exactly wow <laughs> that says a lot yeah. So George Clooney killed Bob Kane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we can definitely say that with uh, certainty on this podcast. <laughs> George Clooney killed Bob Kane. 100% accuracy. Oh, everyone thinks George Clooney is lovely. Everyone thinks he's charismatic as hell. Killed everyone Bob Kane. Everyone thinks he's adorable. Killed the man <laughs> who created Batman. Just saying. Probably did it with his pointy nipples. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> 
there's lots to say about that one. So, so yeah, so that's that's basically my list. I had a couple of other things, but we've kind of already touched on them. Um, a lot of the animation style, the animation uh, style is really cool. I really like the character designs and the feel of Gotham City. I had just written at the end here, Batman versus the cops, because it's kind of crazy that we, we just saw that storyline in Batman Returns. Mm. And then we also see it here, except it's done way better here and actually like is a key part of the plot. Mm. They're, they're drawing a lot of that from Batman comics. So there's obviously Batman Year One by Frank Miller, which had come out sort of around this time. And it was sort of, so it would have been fresh in in a lot of, the, would have been almost directly adapting it. Um, that's obviously a comic that looks at Batman just starting out and, and figuring out things. Especially it contains a sequence where Batman kind of goes out in like, just like dark clothes and a balaclava, tries to intimidate a bunch of thugs. And they're like, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, screw you, man. We're just going to beat the yeah, crap out of you. Um, and he's like, no, I, I have to, I have to make them fear me. Yes. You know, so it's. Well, yes. And I touch on that in my list a bit too. So I can get to that if you like. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So mm. that, that's basically my list. So let's, uh, what, what did you make of everything? I'll jump about a bit, but I did definitely want to say that I loved the origin stuff with Batman. I love yeah. that they didn't focus on, they didn't show his parents getting murdered. They didn't show the young Bruce Wayne and the pearls dropping and the, you know, they 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 went to his parents are like dead. Doesn't really mm. matter how because you get to understand or you understand that obviously it was an unjust killing, hence why he's decided to become a vigilante. Sure, yes. But I love the way they showed him in the flashbacks like trying to work out what Batman would be and the bat thing wasn't, well, he's doing uh, little drawings. He's doing yeah. little concept sketches and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh. But that's that's not. He didn't fall down a well and got molested by bats <laughs> for an hour. Isn't that how they do it now? Like he fell down a well running from his parents' grave. And there's usually that's usually the. I'm pretty sure one, both yeah. the Christian Bale and the Ben Affleck Batman yeah. fell down wells. Yeah, it's like a lot of wells. Just there's un- a lot of well, well they, they, they he falls down like a, a crevasse, or, you know, into it's a, a well. A- look, Stu. The point is, if there was proper signage, safety signage, Batman <laughs> wouldn't exist. Let's face it. Yes, in those exactly. in those scenarios, and this is the importance of occupational health and safety. People whinge about red tape, and that's why it, you always put up a safety sign. That's why if you put up one of those yellow, you know, triangle signs that they put up at Woolworths when there's a slippery when wet, pop <laughs> one of those over your crevasse. Well, then your young boy running in terror because he's lost his parents and doesn't know what he's going to do with his life. At least he's going to serpentine around that shit. That's it. And he's not going to become a master vigilante, mm. right? And that's what we want in society: is fewer master vigilantes. Do we? We we want we want fewer Batman. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Stu's Stu's just kind of strapping on the the, the, hat, I'll, the I'll push back on that, Natalie. I do want Batman. <laughs> and I just have images of you like pulling on your stockings, and pulling <laughs> on your cow, going really. We don't want that, but I got the suit. I've got. Uh, yeah, I got, I got all the stuff. I got all the stuff now. I've got the I've got the programmable uh, batarang. <laughs> just require it just requires a simple 15 20 seconds of your enemies standing still for you to program and then well, you sorry don't you don't you love that like this batman actually seems to be vaguely competent at what he's doing yeah he this is what i'm saying yeah so he he learns he goes he, he puts on a balaclava and goes for a whole like hey stop that i'm a big dude i'm gonna stop you from Stealing this stuff. And they're all like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, oh, they're, they're not scared of me. I don't know why they're not scared of him. The guy's a brick shit house. But anyway, what I want to know with his costume are a couple of things, Stu. The cape, how does that work? He seems to be able to detach it at one point and he like captures something in it. He captures <laughs> some planes in it. 
and then smashes them and then just kind of swings it back on his shoulders. Well, one, one of able... the good things about animation is that they don't really have to worry about stuff like that in the same way live action I does. Know. Like they can just be, they can just be cool looking. It's literally wings. It's literally a sheet. It's whatever it needs yeah. it to be. But he looks real funny in the split second that you see him like take the the cape off. He's just a dude in a lycra suit. Yes, for, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Absolutely, seconds yeah. of screen time, and it's like that looks weird. And then he kind of just flips it back around, and it's back on. Doesn't have to tie it. How's it staying up when he's flying through the air? Yeah. The other well, thing there's also I... the sequence where he like uses the cape and cowl as a distraction and then runs off. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. Around, like I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, they're showing Bruce Wayne running around without his protective identity yeah, it's, cover. It's an unsettling image yeah. in a and way. Like they're really on his tail. Yeah. You know, the, cop, the cops are chasing him. They're not messing about. And he's, you know, out of breath and he's been, you know, beaten up a bit. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And again, he just is a dude in spandex. <laughs> yeah, cape, that's it. The cape and the cow make it. And how does his mask work with those white eyes? <laughs> like, what's the deal there? Because that's what makes yeah. him like so menacing. And it, it, it's such a good effect. The dark cow with these sort of triangular white slits for eyes. Well, especially because like the eyes are so expressive in this version of the character. Often it will just be a still image of Batman and just his eyes will like mm. narrow or something. And it's just like that. That's all you need to see. It's really, really well done. But again, has he got a battery in there? What's going on? <laughs> well, they kind of, got a- we'll talk about it when we get there, I guess, but like they, they kind of try to do this in the dark Knight, where Batman kind of, has this like heads up display that happens and these little things flick down and it's very comics looking like white eyes. Mm. And I think that's kind of a nod to to that. And we can talk about that more when we get there. But yeah, like I, they haven't really made that work. They Live action, it tends to be the eyeshadow and the eye holes, you know? Yes, yes. They need to rub that uh, eye makeup on. Whereas this one, they can avoid that altogether by just yeah. having a torch in there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, It's the light of justice, Natalie. Um, okay, so a few things. I want to praise it. Most of all, by saying it's really economical storytelling. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it, 76 minutes long. It's just, it's so well explained. Yeah. Uh, nothing. You're not is, missing anything. Like, like you're, you're not, not like, you're not yeah. like, oh, geez, I wish that was like an hour longer. Yeah, no. And if anything, I thought you, they probably could have thrown in, if it had been another 10 minutes long, I would have been fine. Oh, right. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it, they could have fleshed out a few things that I maybe didn't get, but nothing, again, they, like, but they should, but they didn't, and I'm glad. But even if my point was, even if that added 10 minutes to that running time, it still would have been made much more sense, mm. been more economical. Yeah, it was just nifty storytelling, like the way that they, and, and, and really good dialogue, just really yeah. clever, sharp. Crackling, like, like the, the yeah. flirty dialogue between yeah, Bruce and like Andrea. Proper 40s noir, His Girl Friday kind of stuff, like a, a sassy heroine who's not sassy, sassy. She's just like, a normal woman with a sense of humor mm. and the fact yeah. that she's in the graveyard talking to her mother because she can hear her mother talking back mm. really lovely just like a lovely moment of that doesn't need a lot but just explains why you would talk to someone out loud because you can hear their answers to you I just I thought that that struck me really a lot because I was like that's so it just built a lot about that character very quickly and you can see why Bruce is kind of drawn to her immediately because she doesn't really you know she recognizes who he is but doesn't give a crap which I I thought was good I do wondered why though the whole thing was you know he proposed to her she said yes and we said oh we'll tell my dad tomorrow he's got a meeting tonight looks busy we'll tell him tomorrow and then of course she disappeared with a we have to break up kind of thing 
why didn't they just call Bruce and go, hey, look, can we borrow the money and we'll pay these gangsters back? And then, <laughs> like, he's a billionaire. That's very true. I guess because it was, it was like criminal activity and they, they, but also, like, you know, you can say, look, can we get these guys off our back and then we can, or, or get Bruce and go, hey, can you bring the cop? Like, Bruce is a good resource to have. As yeah, that's to- right. Yeah. Even even not knowing that he plans to be Batman. Exactly. Uh, this is you know, all he's a billionaire philanthropist. Like, you could probably he's, figure out something. He's a billionaire who's very well connected. He could probably go, right, uh, come to my stately Wayne Manor. You'll be protected here. And yeah. we'll sort this out and we'll arrest these guys. Like that would have been in his wheelhouse because even even though he was, you know, preparing to become a Batman, you know, it might have even put him onto the career of like law enforcement or being a lawyer. Or, do you know what I mean? Like something. Yeah. I get it. It's a movie. You, you needed to have them leave. But it just, I went, he's a billionaire, girl. Again, <laughs> if you need very, money, that didn't your, sound your very convincing. Your fiance is going to uh, have plenty of money. He's fine. He's a Billionaire. Yeah, that's right. And he can probably help you out. That's very uh, true. I, I I never thought of that before because the movie just blows right past it. It takes as a, as a fait accompli. That, yes. Like, well, she left, and that's why. Like, you and, know, because and why did running. she? Why did she decide to break his heart by doing it? Why not just sort of go? We've had to leave. There's been an emergency. I will try to contact you or something, or you know, keep the faith. And again, I get it. It's a movie. They have to have them broken up. But it just didn't like. It was like it. It wasn't that complicated, guys. You could have just left the message going. We're on the run. Please don't tell anyone. I'll try and make my way back to you. Anyway, that's you know, I'm picking up on. I'm being niggly. This is the thing. I didn't have a huge amount of like jokes to make about this film because I didn't find too many things. You know. No, totally. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know how little jokes you can make about a film that actually holds together. Quite yeah, the well. one the one that I did come up with was the shape shifting. How did it work? How did the phantasm thing work? Yeah, there was how it's a bit change, I mean, yeah. how did she change her appearance that much? Was she conjuring a spell? Was she like she would disappear into smoke, she would materialize and rematerialize? I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's an element there of they're taking a bit of license as to how much she could actually do. I mean, like we're we're showing that she can handle herself, like she she knows a bit of martial arts so she can definitely like handle herself and yeah. like, like she's obviously relying on theatricality so a lot of a lot of the the smoke and the and the, the voice and everything else mm. but yeah you're right like there's there's parts where like she seems to sort of dissolve into smoke and it's like that, mm. that doesn't make a lot of sense but you know i'm willing to give it you and know she, a little bit of leeway and then she gets away because obviously you can't have them be happy because you need him to be Batman. Exactly. Yeah, you need you need him to keep being Batman. And as we've all we all know that men who are happy and content are not going to be master vigilantes. Exactly. Yes. As we can tell by the January six riots on the Capitol in Washington D.C., <laughs> all those randos who showed up trying to get something clearly not very happy people. Uh, yes. I know that's a broad brushstroke that I'm painting there but I'm happy to stand by it. Are you comparing Batman to the January 6th riders? No, though? no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to make a point. It didn't quite work, but I guess people who are happy and content in their lives don't tend to do. Tend, tend not to dress up as bats and punch out the mentally ill. Yes. Or yes. tend not to dress up as, you know, that weird shaman guy and, you know, urinate on Nancy Pelosi's chair. Like <laughs> it, it takes something to make those big steps in life, Yeah, whether yeah, it's for true. a positive or whether for it's a benefit. But of course, one of the things about Batman is that he's a guy dressing up as a bat to be a mass vigilante. We just endow him with goodness because we know he's good. Sure. But the point that one of them makes in this is, you know, he's off the rails. Like how, how do you know he won't turn around and, you know, hurt someone? 
Like it yeah, is- exactly. Yeah, they they kind of they don't give it a lot of room to breathe, but they they do sort of have that as a, as one of the driving yeah. forces of this story, which is cool. Like you know, they they and why isn't he looking at corporate crime? For God's sake, Bruce. <laughs> Well, he does. I mean, like you know, not in this movie. I mean, like yes, that's true. Not in this movie, but like yeah. he definitely does. Even in the even in the animated series, and certainly in um, the Bale Batman. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's like good they, then. yeah, they they do that stuff. How does the killing the the Joker's killing laughter work? Well, I mean, so this is the thing. So in the comics and and in um, this DC animated universe, they have he has joker venom he has joker toxin like oh. so he he can that's one of his things one of his shticks is that he can he can give you this stuff that'll send you crazy they kind of do it in the batman 89 where he's got the chemical yeah that makes uh, everyone's sort of faces thing that makes everyone's faces yeah, like contort. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of like touching on it but that was a thing in the in the comics for years is that he's got you know joker venom that you know makes people like laugh themselves to death Mm. And they they have these like horrible rictus grins when they when they're dead. Mm. Um, that's just part of the character. That, that's and that was a good like reveal. With that was a good reveal. With it was quite unsettling. The um the councilman who was corrupt and he yeah. got given and he's just laughing he just and he can't clearly, stop laughing. Yeah, yeah, but he's clearly really upset. And yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I think that was really very well done and very unsettling, even for a cartoon. Or yeah, for a for a kids cartoon. <laughs> You know? But then he, he, the Joker also, there was a good reveal where the Phantasm went to go get the Salvatore guy and he yeah. was already dead. Because I was trying to work out, is that like a robot? Was that like a dummy? And then I was like, oh, no, they just killed the guy. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's him. He, he killed him. Just, it's the Joker. But I, I love that, like, the Joker's basically leaving him there as, as bait. And yes. then, like, has yes. a camera just to find out for his own curiosity who's actually... Who's there? He's like, oh, it's not the bats. You know, I, I was going to use this as like a blackmail tape, but this is way more interesting. Mm, for sure. I think that's about <laughs> it from my minute challenge. As I said, it was all mostly positive. I couldn't make very many, you know, jokes about Danny DeVito's weird cloaca or anything like that. <laughs> I was... Stupid, well-made movie. I'm so, so disappointed that there weren't cloacas. <laughs> <laughs> There, there was a hundred percent less cloacas than you would have liked. I know, I, more cloacas, more cloacas. <laughs> it's just a good word. I like saying it. It definitely I've heard, is. I've heard some people say a cloaca or a cloaca or something. Nah. I've Clo- heard cloaca. People, cloaca just has that real Australian twang to it. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, anything else about this movie? Because next we are going to move to Batman Forever. Is that correct? Yeah. Next week we're, we're going to Batman Forever. So we're going, we're entering the Schumacher run. Uh, so that will be interesting and many things to talk about there. As far as this movie goes, like I think I've, I've said it already. I, I basically, I really, really like this movie and it is emblematic of a version of the character and this universe that I deeply, deeply love because on the face of it, it's very good, I think. And I think it does hold up. But also I saw it when I was like, 10 yeah like it, I, I love this stuff well this uh, is the it, thing i saw batman returns when i was that age but it yeah. just was weird on second viewing whereas coming to this fresh i was like this is really nifty like that that's the word i keep coming back to is nifty i don't know why yeah. like nifty dialogue nifty storytelling yeah uh and and predominantly and maybe i haven't mentioned this enough but the character of andrea 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 yes yes andy so good just like a great female lead voiced like, by uh, dana delaney yeah, um, uh, who's from th- some things <laughs> and stuff. Well known, well known film actress. Yes. Well, I, I just, I, I thought it, she was a really, it was a lovely performance. She was smart. She was clever. She was a good, broad, you know, dame kind of woman, but not, uh, mm. but, but not 
cliched, but she was also sensitive. And she had this lovely moment with Bruce where, you know, he's in her hotel room. She turns on the light and he's standing right in front of her and she doesn't bat an eyelid, just says, yeah. oh, I like the cape, don't really like the mask or something. Yeah, like, like she, oh, yeah, I, I love that. I love that she instantly like is like, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, like, she, like it just totally makes sense. Whereas like no one else has made that connection. She's like, oh, well, obviously that's Bruce. And and then and, and he's like, oh, you said this. She said, how did you know what I said? And you're bugging me. And he's like, no, I can read lips. And she's like, read these now, get out. And it's like just lovely sparkling, yeah. you know, quick simple economical fun dialogue and then she collapses and cries on the bed because she's torn she's got emotions yeah, she, as she's well had to, she's had to like put on a brave face she's, but like she's actually secretly like very well, torn up about it yeah she's having the same struggle as bruce's which is she's hmm. trying to avenge her father's death but yes, also yeah. is missing out on this life that she would like to have with Bruce like Hmm. I just thought it was really well done without a too much fuss giving her a very well-rounded she was certainly more well-rounded than probably Catwoman or Vicky Vale in terms (laughs) of leading ladies not that they were necessarily um, underserved but I mean maybe Michelle Pfeiffer I suppose but she wasn't treated kind of like uh, I'm honey, I'm home. Oh no, that's right. I'm not married because I'm pathetic. And yeah, they're not. They're not saying feminism. Yeah. This is what women are doing. They just. They just wrote. Yeah, a and Vicky Bell with her. I'm yeah. a professional. I'm a professional photojournalist, but also don't ask me my actual weight. You know, like <laughs> she was just a woman who was intelligent and interesting. And what I aspire to be in life is an intelligent and interesting woman, Stu. Natalie, I, I think you've achieved that goal. Oh, Stu, thank Just you. Just so, throw that out there. Okay, so where's Bruce Wayne then? Just saying. I go into graveyards and, and yell at tombstones all the time and Batman and, and shows up behind me. It's always the police. They always just uh, ask me to leave. They just ask me to leave or I end up arrested. Like, it's not fair. I'm waiting for my own master vigilante to turn up. <laughs> going to have to try some different cemeteries. <laughs> Mm. All right. Well, that's um, my mission. The, another fun fact about uh, Dana Delaney is um, she actually uh, more famously voiced uh, Lois Lane in this same universe. Oh, okay. Um, which which makes a lot of sense. And what I, what I really like, though, is that, like, it's definitely a different performance. Like, it's that same energy, but she's not just doing her voice. Like, like she's it's a different performance. You know, oh, she's doing a, She's doing a character. So she's uh, Superman and Batman's love interest. Mm, that's uh, a sexy triangle. Both of whom are both oh, of whom are very strong uh, characters, especially Lois Lane. Yeah. Oh well, I love Lois Lane. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane. Sure. A definitive performance, you might say. Would, would we say that? But okay, fair enough. Yeah. We would, we would. <laughs> I don't. I don't see what the problem is. Sure. We would say that. Okay. That's absolutely what we would say. Yep. Definitive. Mm-hmm. I. I'm not seeing why you're laughing, Stu. I. Personally, taking a bit of offence on the behalf sure. of Terry Hatcher. Mm-hmm. Yep. Terry Hatcher is a giant of the silver screen. Uh, sure. Yes. Silver screen is that the silver screen is the movies. And what's the TV? The small screen, which aren't that small. A, a giant of the small screen. A giant of the small screen. She's Lois Lane. She was in the Bond film. She was in Desperate Housewives. <laughs> the, the Bond film, the one. Which she was in a Bond film. <laughs> New Bond trailer dropped too, by the way. Yes, yes, I, I saw that. I can't remember what was in it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff that had already been released. Yeah, I think so. And I watched it kind of going, eh, well, it, you know, it's going to be great. It really is going to be great. It's Fingers be great. crossed. 
it's going to be good. I just, yeah, just a lot of nerves have built up first over the all the time and then with COVID. It's just you know, got a lot of expectation behind it now. It's going to be fine. Way more than, like, like way more than it initially had. And it, it, was, it, it already had a lot of expectation. It was already it. riding high. And yep. now it's just into the stratosphere of this has got to really pull like, it out. It's got to pull out something la- special. This better stick the landing, man. <laughs> Hello, James. Good. It's going to be good. And we'll be recapping it, obviously, to bring our Raven Oh, absolutely. Bond series up to date. Yes. We'll be recapping. We'll work out how we're going to do that, but we will. <laughs> and until then, I guess we, we that's, well, that's it. For, or we have to rank. We have to rank. I'm, I'm um, quite happy it's very to say, easy for me. I can yeah, tell you exactly I'm, where it goes. I know what you're going to say, and I'm probably yeah. going to agree with you because I think yeah. in terms of a movie, this one, look, in terms of length alone, I'm happy to make this. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally, I think literally half the length of Batman Returns. Yeah. Or it would be very close. Yeah. Well, they length. were both two hours, so. Yeah. This is 80 minutes, so yeah, well, 76, so yes, 40, 50 minutes shorter, yeah. so almost, yeah. It's crazy. Almost. Um, it's, it's really, really good. It's, it's astonishing how good it is, given that it's a, it was meant to be a rushed into production, direct-to-video cash-in so that they could bundle it with some episodes of the animated series. You know what, though? Maybe that was its secret ingredient. Yeah, yeah, because there wasn't the weight of expectation behind it. and There wasn't the weight of expectation. They They... It's animated, so everything you animate takes mm. time. So you want to try and be as economical as you can so you don't have to oh, animate yeah. as much. Exactly. And so they're like, okay, well, how can we say in four lines what other movies would take two pages to do? And I think they nailed that brief really well. Mm. There was just a bit of the stuff with the gangster stuff that I didn't quite get, but I think it was just – I think I I think I was overthinking it. I think it's literally just gangsters – got the Andrea's dad got mixed up with gangsters had to pay them back yeah to run away yeah. I, I think I was overthinking it but it, it's a very simple storyline but it does it well yeah absolutely yeah it, it, mm. it, it has modest ambitions and it achieves those ambitions yeah. and exceeds them it is it is a really really tight interesting fun movie it's a little gem yeah and I'm happy to agree with you on that I like it a lot and it's the reason that that is that is the reason I insisted we include it in in this watch because, yeah absolutely and i'm yeah. so glad because i've discovered it now and i'm very happy to have done so obviously now turning to batman forever i was a huge jim carrey fan right in the yes. mid 90s i was on a big jim carrey he, he came out right as my comedic senses were forming in terms of his character comedy and all mm. that sort of stuff in the 90s that was very influential on me for a time and the Riddler was like just as he'd kind of he was writing Ace Ventura and some other things and then he came in as the Riddler and his popularity exploded. I'm going to be interested to see how I react to him <laughs> now, many I, years later. I'm very interested because, yeah, it's, um, it's a performance. Yeah. <laughs> it is a performance. And also I'm very keen to see our Nicole. Our, our, Nicole, our Nicole. As the sexy psychologist. Who's as the sexy, sexy psychologist Nicole. Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian. Hmm. That is her actual character's name. <laughs> well, they never have sensible names in, in this thing. That's Chase like, Meridian? That, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. It does sound like a fine wine or something, doesn't yes. it? Or a, 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 an expensive watch. It sounds like an expensive high-end watch. Oh, I'm just it sounds like two my... random words that they just grabbed out of the dictionary. Yeah, well, that works too. <laughs> that's how a lot of people name their kids these days too. You know well, that's that. true. That is true. And with that, we will say goodnight and goodbye until next time. 
that's a big thumbs up for Batman The Mask of the Phantasm and we recommend you check it out if you please liked. Do. If you have anything to add, please call in. You can find me at Girl Clumsy and Stu at Disco Stew on Twitter. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. I post stuff in there. Um, but, of course, biggest thank you to my patrons on Patreon, patreon.com slash Girl Clumsy. Uh, thank you to everyone keeping the faith. It has been uh, amazing um, support to have you there. If I can just tell retell a story I was telling Stu off air, I applied for some COVID disaster relief <laughs> payments through Centrelink. Uh, I was slightly late because I had to set up accounts, which I hadn't set up before. By the time I got to it, uh, they told me I could apply for one day's worth, which would be $200. It never turned up in my account. And then I got a letter saying, actually, no, you were unsuccessful. You get it nothing <laughs> with no explanation. You get so, nothing. You lose. Good so day, the $200, sir. the $200 that I was trying to apply for, for missing you know, due to a week of lockdowns and missing a week of uh, rehearsals and various things. Uh, turns out not eligible for, for reasons that they won't say. So your Patreon support is, in fact, incredibly, incredibly welcome and grateful and appreciated <laughs> and necessary and bless you with all of my heart uh, to, to my patrons. So that's, that's, that's how fun life can be. <laughs> but, uh, and with that confusing ending, I'd like to say thank you so much, Stu, for joining me again. It's a pleasure as always, Natalie. And uh, as we like to say, same bat time, same, same bat, bat channel. channel. See you next time. Bye. Bye.